0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop?
2: Hello, and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an Easter ham brought to life by Frosty's magic hat to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim.
3: And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the rhetorical question fallacy also known as just asking questions
2: so this is a way of basically accusing somebody of something without actually doing the accusing it's it's right. a way of yeah. kind of trying to to start a conversation or often raise something that has already been debunked lots of times or has already been discussed and there is an actual answer for but yeah. but you're you're raising objections in a kind of in a questioning way, and saying, "Well, I'm just asking questions. You know, I'm not accusing. Yeah, you. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's,
3: uh, it's that plausible deniability <laughs> yeah. thing, isn't it? It's all doing it at arm's length. Just saying, oh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Somebody should do something. Yeah."
2: And because yeah. of the, the initials of just asking questions, J A Q, it's it's has an informal term of jacking off with ah, uh, J nice, A Qing nice. off. So our first example from Trump this week is the reason actually that I picked this uh, fallacy because mm-hmm. unbelievably, while everyone else is praising healthcare workers and going in in the UK and I think America, around the world, going out in the streets and clapping for yeah. for the healthcare workers, Trump is just accusing them of theft. They've been delivering for years
1: ten to twenty thousand masks, okay. It's a New York hospital, very it's packed all the time. How do you go from ten to twenty to three hundred thousand? Ten to twenty thousand masks to three hundred thousand, even though this is different. Something's going on. And you ought to look into it as reporters. Where are the masks going? Are they going out the back door?
3: But the, yeah, there's something different, even though there's something different. Yeah, 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 it's a respiratory thing that's transmitted by facial droplets coming out of your face. So <laughs> you need to, that's the technical, that's the, the WHO definition. So you yeah. need to have a mask. Over yeah, your so, face.
2: So even though this is different to what to how it, yeah. everything normally yeah. is in hospitals, yeah. why would there we need many, more masks, more masks. <laughs> no. Could it be something to do with the fact that
3: there are many, many more people and they're infected by a thing that's spread by facial droplets coming out <laughs> of your face? <laughs> <laughs> which, which needs a mask, you know? If it was something to do with the hands, then you'd need more gloves. Or the numbers, it, it,
2: it won't surprise you to know. Uh, are unsourced. Made up. Oh yes, of course. There Let's be are. kind. Yeah, they're un- yeah. they're, they are um, <laughs> unsourced, supposedly yeah. from from yeah. one person mentioned to Trump that this was a thing that they a request that they'd had from from one hospital. This isn't something that is widespread. Everyone's um upping their orders from ten to twenty thousand to to three hundred thousand. States, individual hospitals, healthcare areas are asking for more supplies because they need more supplies. No, yeah. healthcare professionals are stealing masks. No, because what would you even do with them? I mean, well, yeah, the, carry the thing, carry carry small mice in them. I don't know. <laughs> the thing know. is, even the VA, even the the the. Um, Hospitals are being run specifically by the federal government and therefore don't have to rely on states being able to get hold of masks and things like that. Yeah. The the director of the VA hospital in LA said last week that although the administration is saying they have everything they need, they are restricting their doctors who are dealing on the front line with coronavirus patients uh, to a single surgical mask per shift, not even a, an, an N95 respirator. Whoa! They don't yeah. have the supplies. Wow.
3: Yeah. So would you? You might as well just make one out of a T-shirt. If for the, you know, all the difference that's going to make for the surgical stuff. That's just to stop you breathing into people's.
2: Essentially, yeah. I mean, it's wounds. not. It's not what they recommend is used in no. that situation. So.
3: I know, well, it's the same the world over. You know, the whole thing in the UK about the you know central government is saying yes we're doing everything we can to get stuff there as quick as we possibly can and you think well you know you're not going to cure 10 years of underfunding overnight and you know the the recommendations from a uh, a, a pandemic modelling exercise 2 years ago were not implemented so you're going to be behind when it comes to delivering supplies of ppe but at least the uk government isn't implying that the workers the health workers are just putting them in their pockets, just stealing them.
2: It's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. So our second Trump example is a tweet uh, that he sent on February 12th. He was responding to a tweet sent by Katie Fang saying that the judge presiding over a particular case uh, was Amy Berman Jackson, who was the judge who had dealt with Paul Manafort. Trump responded... Is this the judge that put Paul Manafort in solitary confinement, something that not even mobster Al Capone had to endure? How did she treat crooked Hillary Clinton? Just asking.
3: It's of so, that, oh, that whole, it's that that kid thing, isn't it? A kid on Twitter or whatever. Just just going to leave this here. Yeah. Just asking. Just going to leave that. Got, yeah.
2: oh. So he's oh. just, yeah. Um, he is basically implying by just asking that yeah. this judge is is biased against Republicans and yeah. is is um, kind of biased towards Hillary Clinton, she did years ago dismiss a lawsuit brought against Hillary Clinton by the parents of the soldiers that died in Benghazi, mm-hmm. because in her view, there was not sufficient reason for the case to continue yeah, and I d- I she did just disagree with that, yeah. <laughs> She did put yeah. Manafort in prison. She didn't put yeah. him in solitary confinement for a number of reasons. First of all, that's not a thing a judge can do. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> uh, you you can't judge, do that. Yeah, the <laughs> judge doesn't
2: get to decide the conditions under which a prisoner will be kept in a prison. Um, that's, that's up to the warden and various other things. Yep. Also, Manafort wasn't in solitary confinement. At all, at any uh, point, uh, he, uh, he was so he was in a. the answer
3: to that bit is no. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, absolutely, yeah. uh, no. Yeah. He was in a. He was in a private cell. Um, in in he, you know, he didn't have a cellmate. He was yep. he was separate from the general population because he was a celebrity, and that's kind of tends to be what they do. But mm-hmm. he was he had a private cell. He had a private bathroom. He had a a separate workspace that he was able to go to at basically any time he wanted and work with his lawyers. He had a phone and a laptop in his cell whoa, and in his whoa. workspace. He he did he was not in solitary confinement. No,
3: that's <laughs> basically a room in a Trump hotel.
2: Yeah, yeah. Isn't
3: it? Yeah.
2: Well, in fact that, he he's he emailed during the time he was in there that he was being treated like a VIP.
3: Yeah.
2: Which okay. didn't do wonders for his case when his lawyers tried to claim that he he was, you know, not being, being treated well. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. came
3: out and, yeah. <laughs> and they just looked at the timestamp and went, "Hang on a minute. When you said this, yeah, you were allegedly being held in solitary confinement. Well, at least Trump's got that to look forward to." Yeah. That, uh, you know solitary confinement means an individual presidential suite in, in the jail so that so is that the the direct counter of of this kind of rhetorical question is just to say no the answer <laughs> to that is no uh yeah I often yes it is, and in, in fact there's
2: hinting. a um, there, there's a kind of jokey law about newspaper headlines called betteridge's law mm-hmm. which is that if a if a headline is presented as a question, usually yeah. it's just no. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's especially good with things like the Daily Mail. So, so yeah. where the question is, you know, does cheese cure cancer? No, yeah. no, no, that's not. And the reason yeah. is because if it did, the headline would be cheese cures cancer. Cures cancer.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I once that reminds you. I once encountered uh, a guy that was begging for money. Um, uh, on an underpass going under the the road. So I crossed the road and he was like, he's like halfway along and he said, do you have any change? And I genuinely did not have any change. And I said and said that to him, I genuinely <laughs> don't have any change. And he went, all right, blimey, that's, you know, that's no way to treat a beggar. I've got no money. And I said, wait a minute, just the fact that you posed the question, you ought to be able to... Um, you know, uh, kind of entertain the idea that the answer might be no.
1: Yeah.
3: If you if you said give me your change, then there is no question. You know. And <laughs> he just went, he went, well, I, uh, what, that is just not. It's not done. I said, well, then don't ask it as a question <laughs> yeah. because then you could get no or yes. You know, do you have any change? No. Uh, that's it. End of end of the transaction. You know, do you have any change? Yes, is a better outcome for you. But, it's,
2: you know, it's but that also over. doesn't lead to him necessarily getting the change because that's no, just that's a fact <laughs> basis. That's just, do you have any yeah. change? Yeah, yes, yeah, thanks yeah. very much. I've got plenty. Oh,
3: yes. Yeah, because the real question is, can you give me your change? Yeah. Will you give me your change? Yeah. <laughs> Even if you yeah, you could be a bit pedantic. Can you give me your change? Well, I can, but I'm just not going to. Yeah, yeah I am able. I have the capability of doing that, just not going to go through with it.
2: Yeah, and yet, they don't appreciate that.
3: Beggars. No, no. No. <laughs> That's because you see, you should follow. Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> so they ought not to give anyone a choice. So that ergo, they should not ask a question. Well, we've just solved that. We've solved the whole yeah. of homelessness and poverty. Don't ask questions. Just just take it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and now is the time, I think, for Marx's British politics corner.
3: Well, so I've got a couple of examples. One from uh, the good old days, the run-up to the election last December. Ah, how we used to bathe in the glory that was Brexit. Um, And so this is the final hustings of the, um, just before that election of Jeremy Corbyn and Boris head-to-head. And... My, so that I, uh, however, I'm having listened to it again just before we came on air. I've realized my cognitive bias is at play here. What, except it's you know, remember those Talent shows where they have the clapometer and people <laughs> clap, and you and you, you work out who's won by the amount of clapping. There's a lot more clapping for Corbyn than there is for Boris. So, finally, gentlemen, what would you like to say to the viewers of this program and Corbyn says something about this is the chance of a generation uh, election to do this, this and this, and Boris just poses some rhetorical questions. This is a once-in-a-generation election to end privatisation and give the National Health Service the funding it needs, to give people the final say and get Brexit sorted, to tackle the climate emergency that threatens our futures. To invest in good jobs in every region and nation of our country. I ask that you vote for hope and vote for Labour on the 12th of
4: December. Our, our choice is very simple. We can get Brexit done, or we can spend another roundhog year with another referendum when Mr Korn, you've heard tonight, cannot answer the fundamental question. Is he, is he for remain or leave? And what price would he pay to secure Nicola Sturgeon's support to enter number 10? And if he can't answer those questions tonight, I don't think he's fit to lead our country.
3: So it's implying there in that how much will he be willing to pay to get Nicola Sturgeon, who's the head of the Scottish National Party, um, support because he is implying that Corbyn is going to go into a, a, an allegiance with her in order to make up the numbers. And, you know, he, so he hasn't, he's just posed that question as a uh, a thing that could be the outcome of this without actually giving him the chance to answer it right there and then.
2: Um, he's also he assuming also, that Nicola Sturgeon's support is for sale, essentially. Oh, well? yeah,
3: quite, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not like there isn't a precedent for one political party to spend, say, 10 billion getting uh, the numbers from maybe an Irish party. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) And now, who was that? Oh, that was Theresa May's Tory government. Yeah who um who negated the fact that there was a a problem with the housing market when she spent 10 billion pounds to get into number 10 basically so yeah and uh, so the irony of that um is from the you know the benefit of the position we're in now when you look back is that corbyn's most of what corbyn said he wanted to happen you know vote for me and you'll get all this like the nhs being funded and not privatized we're actually getting now and because that's their emergency response to coronavirus. Um, So if you can stand it, we'll put in the show notes, go and look at the whole debate. And it is quite an interesting game of uh, ping pong or whiff-waff, as Boris would describe (laughs) it, because Corbyn answers the stuff based on their kind of well-thought-out and well-funded and... Um, you know, not terribly left-wing, um, but a, a, a social contract um, from their manifesto. Whereas Boris, every opportunity he gets, he he does get Brexit done. He just shoves that in, and it worked. We know it worked because people just got Brexit done, and that's you know, kind, so he's, of. He's kind <laughs> of, kind of, yeah. I mean, there are earlier jobs
2: got Brexit started. It. Got Brexit,
3: yeah. yeah, talked about, yeah, yeah. Um Okay, so our second example is a f- friend of the show, Nigel Farage, <laughs> arch conspiracy theorist and foreigner hater. He's thankfully not been on national TV at the moment, and he broadcasts on YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel, and this clip is from uh, March 30th, so a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, we're that one week into the lockdown, uh, the national lockdown. Um, and satisfyingly, it's only got 500,000 views. So, nowhere near national TV viewing.
4: It's Monday, the 30th of March. Uh, and we hear the news today that Dominic Cummings, too, has come down with the coronavirus symptoms. So, it is there deep at the heart of government. And nobody, but nobody with the death toll rising is underestimating. That we're in a serious situation. But what has emerged over the weekend is a, is a real dilemma, I think. Uh, and It's going be, to become a huge issue for the authorities. What is the lockdown for? What is the point of the restrictions that are being put on people? Is it to stop the spread of coronavirus? Or is it to put us under house arrest. Uh, And I say that uh, as somebody. I've now been here for two weeks. The vast majority of us recognise the fact this is a national emergency. We are all prepared to do our bit. You can tell that for the 700,000 people that have volunteered to get involved and help. But when it comes to social distancing, yeah, we get it, apart from a few idiots. We get it. But please, please don't give the police excessive powers don't put us under house arrest otherwise we'll lose all respect for you and for rules that could applied properly be very sensible indeed
3: so he's got a, it's a, uh, i'm a, a loss really there's a, <laughs> it's a 12 minute rant basically i've edited the beginning and the end together to save time and you a lot of pain and um Apart from some groundless rant about the Chinese involving a slippery slope that they end up with them being handed the keys to number ten, that's the gist of it. Except you kind of think, well, what is the gist? He's doing this thing where he he's going, or or is it that we're under house arrest? Da da da, <laughs> and, and they think, well, what, what what what's your point? And he kind of hints at the fact that we're they're bringing in you know, increased police powers but he doesn't follow it through and I think the he's doing it in a fashion, it reminds me of Russ Tamblin's character Dr. Jacoby in Twin Peaks 3 who is broadcasting spittle flecked rants about the system over the internet as a way to sell gold sprayed shovels to dig yourselves out of the shit and so so his thing is comes in the same way it uses that notion that he who provides the panic also provides the pill so he's selling something as a panacea for the panic that he is pointing out and if you look at the comments on this thing it's just you can see appealing to all the conspiracy theorists they're going yeah i knew there was something and you go yeah but what is it what what is the (laughs) thing that he's talking about it's kind of, I, you know, he's not, he's not broadcasting so much. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, well, we've reached five hundred thousand people. And um, have
2: we, have we?
3: Mm.
2: Uh, maybe, no, uh, maybe,
3: no. Okay, <laughs> not quite. One day. Right. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep downloading. <laughs> Get your friends to download. We could reach that. And you think, what? Well, you know, we've got a purpose to our broadcast. and you think what? What is his thing there? He's He's got nothing to do in politics anymore. He maintains that he was responsible for bringing about the referendum, for getting us out of Europe. He maintains that he was responsible for the Tories getting in because he stood his party down, the Brexit party. He maintains that his jo- his work is done, his job is done. And he maintains that he is the one... That is dealing with the swampiness of politics, where he is—he's a, a swampy politician, uh, you know. He, so, he, what is he ranting about now in the middle of this um, emergency response to the coronavirus? He's, and he shoves in, "We're under house arrest." You're just you're turning into David Ike, you know. He's kind of putting, yeah, the, 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 This uh...
2: this fantasy is really. Uh, common among conspiracy theorists because it's a great Mm. way of trying arguably to start a conversation about something which you don't have an answer for because the answer you're trying to aim towards is ridiculous so you can't you have nothing to back it up you have no evidence you have nothing that you can point to you can just ask questions about the the kind of accepted story yeah And, and one of the places it's used hugely is in the the loose change the 911 truth documentary there's a mm. ton of things about you know how did this happen uh, you know i'm not suggesting i'm not accusing anyone i'm just asking questions that kind of thing happening in that and yeah it's a it's a mm. handy technique if you don't have answers
3: it's almost kind of contains shifting the burden of proof as well doesn't it yeah, yeah, because it, yeah. you're kind of you're it was a bit like trump's thing he said he said later on in the in the first example he said i think you should look into that yeah you know that's a question worth asking isn't it and he go, well no no if you're if you're posing that as a question it's like is this to, to deal with the coronavirus outbreak yes or is it house we're under house arrest no <laughs> that that's yeah. the simple it's answer Straightforward." You know, <laughs> that'll be it. You know, how long's that? How long? How, 20 seconds. Yeah. You could cut your thing there, but it's worth watching. It's not worth watching the video. Just watch the video um, <laughs> for just to have a look at his house. Cause it's not what you expect. It's not nice. It's a kind <laughs> of, it's a, a, a 1992 or 2000 built box of a house. He's sitting at the bottom of the stairs and I tried to look past him, but couldn't because he kept sitting in the way to see whether his, you know, archetypal flat hat and wax jacket that he wears when he goes down the pub to prove he's one of the people. Nobody wears wax jackets and, <laughs> and flat hats unless you are a politician. And, and he's just, and that's hanging on the end of the staircase. He's sitting at the bottom of the stairs. You know, he's, he's by the door, going, "I am under house arrest." Well, you are not because you are not. That's not what it is. Are
4: your arguments shine?
3: Does the logic seem right? Are you studying your Pharisees'
2: why?
4: your premise
3: unsound? Your conclusions unfounded. is your fantasy wild? Here we go, Elvis Presley, and of course, are you lonesome tonight? That <laughs> fantastic rhetorical question. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so, I love the the little spoken bit in the middle of that song. I wonder if you're lonesome tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. One yeah. of my favourites. Yeah. So,
3: but actually, what's great is is to do the the counter argument to that all the way through and just say no to every answer. Yeah. Are you lonesome tonight? No. Just lift the record off. End the of song.
2: Done. So in the fantasy in the world, we like to talk about the fantasy of the week from a non-political perspective. And uh, we a little slight way away from politics because we start with um, the king of conspiracy theories, Glenn <laughs> Beck, uh, who yes. is actually not as bad now as he used to be. But when he had his kind of, I don't know if it was daily or weekly show on Fox, it was a sight to behold.
0: Questions now have been raised about Obama's CIA nominee by an ex-fbi agent who claims that the nominee for the cia john brennan is an islamic convert with decades old connections to the most anti-american variant of the religion i will tell you i don't know if this is true or not i will tell you that there is so much in john brennan's um, uh... background that should be questioned that this is plausible now, here's why. The, here's what the problem is. This is an FBI agent who is now in a tough spot. He's undercover, so he can't speak out. Which leads people to say, "Well, that didn't even happen. It's a smear." Now, if somebody makes a charge like that, shouldn't we at least explore it before we put him as the chief of all intelligence? Don't wait with, um, um, you know, wait, don't wait for the media to come dig into this claim because they're not going to. So don't hold your breath. It seems we can't ask reasonable questions anymore.
3: <laughs> I love that when he says it seems we can't ask reasonable questions anymore. <laughs> well, you're not. You're not yeah. asking reasonable questions. That's a Trump thing, isn't it? That's a Trump stuff. He said, oh, and a Farage thing. He yeah. said, oh, you know, in that in that bit we talked when he's doing the Chinese bit, he's saying, oh, you can't say anything anymore. Because you're being accused of racist. No, it's, you yeah. you just can't say racist things. It's very much. No. A kind of, I thought this was America
2: kind of thing. It's yeah, like...
3: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where you know, surely we could just go around
2: and burn people to death.
3: You know, we used to be able to do that. You can't do that anymore.
2: Yeah, you know, we can't... we can't even wildly speculate on whether a CIA no. director isn't oh, no. is a secret Muslim anymore.
3: That whole <laughs> thing, that whole setup, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You have to kind of go. Wait a minute, I was just going Can I just let me just run that at 0.75 speed just to get the levels of conspiracy? It's like it's like going into um inception, isn't it? Because uh-huh. he kind of he goes, okay. He's being nominated, but he is the friend of someone who once <laughs> heard a story about um, a Muslim who once said something that he didn't understand where America was, which means that he don't understand why he's being... And he got, "What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. How did you get... You went all the way down there, drew a conclusion, and then said... But I think we should ask the question.
2: Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying it's true. I don't know if it's true. But yeah, but, <laughs> it not yeah? No, absolutely. I but I think
3: we should ask this question: Why? What for? What for? What reason? There's, the thing is, this my
2: rhetorical. This response. was this was Glenn Beck's mo. He he asked these questions. He said, "You know, how do we know that Obama isn't you know from Kenya and that kind of stuff?" Um, yeah. He he didn't offer evidence in any way he didn't try and make an argument he just said i think we should ask these questions to the extent that it became uh, someone set up a website called did glenn beck rape and murder a young girl in Uh, (laughs) 1990.com and the the website just said we don't think so but we should ask the question question oh that's (laughs) excellent yeah (laughs) and he did actually try and take them to court um to get the website taken down but yeah, the, yeah. the the website uh owner won um because so. you know it was a parody it was just asking a question so yeah.
3: on the boat i was just asking a question <laughs> yeah so you can you can it, you in asking the question you absolve all responsibility well there it is it's been proved in law you're legally not bound by the content of the question you're not asserting that as a fact you're just asking the question.
2: Yeah, I should say don't take legal advice from a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but also... no, there is that. Yeah. But I think in, the question should be asked. Case, <laughs> <laughs> In that specific case with that specific set of facts, yes, the the website owner one. However, yeah. it has been argued that you can't get away with libel in for example a newspaper headline. Ah. You can't use the fact that it's a question as a defence, when yeah, essentially to, to what you're saying is, we think it might be. We
3: think it was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think these questions should be asked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So,
2: so there, is, there is legal precedent on both sides. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Our second example is from South Park, and it's kind of a bit of a cheat because this is Cartman doing a, a spot on parody of Glen Beck. This is a, an episode from season 13 where Cartman, through a series of misadventures, uh, took over the morning announcements in, in South Park Elementary and, and evolved from just reading the announcements into a kind of Glenn Beck-style right. show. So <laughs> I've got a couple of short clips. I'll just, the, the first one is, is he is questioning the leadership of the student president, Wendy Testerberger.
0: I'm just a normal kid, like you, except that I ask questions. And because I'm brave enough to ask questions, I come under scrutinies. Is Wendy using your lunch money to buy heroin? Probably not. But how can we know? I don't want my lunch money going to drugs. Who's taking these drugs? What would be the point? I'm asking questions. <laughs>
2: so, and, and he becomes kind of, you know, South Park famous through doing this and, and ends up with a book deal. <laughs> Where he's, he's written a book about Wendy And Stan confronts him about this
0: I looked through your stupid book It's 540 pages of ripping on Wendy and calling her a slut I do not directly say she's a slut Wendy Testerberger has proven time and time again That she will do anything to pleasure her vagina Whether it is the school football team Or the janitors on their break Wendy spends her time as president on her knees Or on her back taking the old in out for hours on end You didn't read the rest dude Or does or she? Does she? See, that's a
2: question. I'm asking questions then. Yeah, see, it's a question. You have to read all of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or is she? Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, uh, and Carmen is demonstrating that in theory, at least with this fallacy, you can get away with saying absolutely anything you want about someone, providing you phrase it as a question.
3: And it is the most heinous thing (laughs) to do. Because yeah. you're, you're kind of making these horrendous, unfounded, libelous accusations, and then going, oh yeah, well, don't do me. I'm just asking questions, and then your uh, defence is that I thought this was America where you could ask questions. It becomes as a meta thing. You you you've got double. Immunity, because a, it's a question, and then you can object to people stopping you asking questions, and say, so, "Well, no, you're not asking questions. What you're doing is making a libelous accusation." Yeah, absolutely. You're just putting a question mark at the end. <laughs> you know, we'd know that this was happening in Spain because there would be an upside down one at the beginning, but that you know with that. So we have to wait all the way through your libelous accusation for you to get the the questioning intonation at the end
2: yeah. or do we
3: or do...
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah
3: so example number 3 we we referenced dr jacoby from twin peaks uh, the as Farage's role model for these Kind of insane rants. So I thought it'd be good to actually hear one of his insane rants. Read
0: what's on the box. In fact. Read between the lines. What's lurking in that that toaster waffle? Those muffins? That frozen children's tree? Poison. Deadly poisons. That's what's there. And what's waiting for you? Cancer. Leukemia. Autoimmune disorders. Pulmonary the embolism. Warts. Psoriasis, eczema, cardiac arrest. Where are the cops when we need them? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so good. And he really he just gets so excited that he has to drink something um to calm himself down. And then and then you realize that what he's doing is just selling the stuff he drinks. Then he says, What you need to be able to see uh, all this stuff is a cosmic torch. Luckily, I've got one, and he sells a cosmic torch. It's just a flashlight with wings <laughs> on it that he's stuck <laughs> on, and then he's also s- selling these golden shovels that he's just sprayed. So people have just literally lapped this stuff up. They buy buy into this thing. It's just it's great. It's great, <laughs> and he's he's just a, he's a it It's from a podcaster's point of view it is great to watch him because <laughs> all the kit is exactly the same as what we've got, <laughs> and he's got a little except there's this wonderful thing with string when he just kind of pulls the thing and this huge shovel just swings into view and he hits it with a hammer <laughs> and and then he and then he cues another video and plays that in. It's brilliant. It's so kind of low-tech.
1: So we're going we're gonna to play Fake News, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody.
2: Yes, it's time for Fake News, where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news.
3: Um, so what I want to know is, why do I never win this? What's the, uh, the conspiracy behind that? and what what is it what are you gaining from this i think you know i think these questions should be asked there's obviously some deliberate deliberate thing going on or is
2: there <laughs> yeah so the deliberate thing that's going on is is i'm just better at this than you uh that's the answer and uh... All right, yeah yeah, just. But also, no, going, I mean, is, to be you're fair. Not basically, right. yeah. I'm like the house in the casino because yeah. the the odds are in my favor because there's three clips and you have to choose the right one out of three. So, uh, you know, I'm always exactly. going to win, really. Yeah, yeah. You're doing yeah. you're doing currently better than chance. You're on 19 out of 46.
3: So, oh right, you know, that's, that's that's been a that's long good. time coming.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think these questions
3: so. should be asked.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so these okay. are all from the the. The nightly Trump rally, sorry, coronavirus pandemic briefings yeah. <laughs> that Trump is is the doing TV
3: show, uh, yeah,
2: which yeah. which some TV channels like CNN are are kind of carrying a part of and then cutting away to do fact checks, which is really, yeah. really pissing off the Trump administration. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he's basically using them as kind of two-hour rants about how great he is and how unfair the press is to him rather there's very very little information about coronavirus in there it's quite surprisingly well no it's not surprising at all it's exactly what we expect from trump so yeah statement number one this week is by the way the models show hundreds of thousands of people are going to die you know what i want to do i want to come away under the models the professionals did the models i was never involved in a model at least not this kind of model but you know what Hundreds uh-huh. of thousands of people, they say, are going to die. I want much less than that. I want none. But it's too late for that.
3: <sighs> even even manages to get a slice <laughs> of gag in there. How awful is that? There are people that... The first line it's, says, a, by, the way, by the way, by the way, oh, incidentally, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. And do you know what? I'm just going to make a gag about being involved with a model. So That is just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's reprehensible, isn't it? Statement number two, after
2: he learned that Boris Johnson had gone into intensive care. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I've asked two of the leading companies. These are brilliant companies, Ebola, AIDS, others. They've come with the solutions (laughs) and (laughs) just have done incredible jobs. And I've asked them to contact London immediately. They have offices in London. They're major companies, but more than major, more than size, they're genius. I had a talk with four of them today, and they speak a language that most people don't even understand. But I understand something, that they've really advanced therapeutics and therapeutically, and they have arrived in London already. (laughs) At no point did he go on to explain who these companies were or what they did or anything like that.
3: No, Okay. So he's just—he's made up that, that 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 he's asked made up that he's made up the companies. He's made up that they've contacted London that and that they have London offices in London and they have already—they're already there. Well, if they've got offices, what the fuck is he talking about? And and in there he said, "I understand something." Well, many people have said, how come you understand <laughs> as much as you do? I should have been a doctor. Yeah, instead of going into politics. Yes, we're, we're with you there. Statement number three yeah.
2: is, okay. what we're doing is we're developing a self-swab, and the doctors, the brilliant doctors we have here, they're seeing if the self-swab is as good as the other kind of swab. The self-swab is a self-swab, so it's a swab you do yourself. <laughs> The current version, a doctor has to do it, and it's not a nice thing to have done. I know, because I had it done. So if you do it yourself with a self-swab, I think that will be better, personally.
3: Right. Well, we know he hasn't had it done. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Right. Ah, oh, no. I like that. It's a self-swab, so it's a swab you do yourself. See, that's a gym-sized gag as well as anything else. And the the models gag, I, I want him to say that. <sighs> okay. okay. They're more than major, more than the size, they're genius. <sighs> right, I think that... Number two is the one you made up.
2: Okay. So, yeah. of the other two, yeah. which gag, the model gag or <laughs> the self swerve gag, <laughs> do you think, think he said? I think the model one. Okay. He, he probably said. So, statement one is. Yeah. Yeah. Real.
1: Yeah. <gasps> no. Okay, by the way, the one show. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. You know what I want to do? I want to come way under the models. The professionals did the models. I was never involved in a model. But at least this kind of a model. But you know what? Hundreds of thousands of people, they say, I want much less than that. I want none. But it's too late for that.
3: But th- well, that's not reassuring in any way at all, is it? no. Well, I want much less than that. It doesn't matter what you want. I want much less than that. I want none. But, yeah, but it's too late for that. Because, no, yeah, exactly. Because whilst you were saying we've got it under control, it went up the exponential curve. That's Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I think he was a bit disappointed that the at least this kind of model didn't go down well. Uh-huh. It's a tough crowd, tough crowd.
2: Not the usual Vegas crowd. So straight back no. into hundreds of thousands of people gonna die. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And they say, Well what are they? They're professionals. You know. All right, what a couple of the professionals did the models. Yes, the professionals did doesn't which what means he you're not to really sell, the, sell that the,
2: gag with yeah. a kind of groucho cigar and eyebrow
3: Yeah, 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 wagon. exactly. <laughs> At yeah. least not
2: definitely model. Uh, that's
3: exactly <laughs> that. And, you know, sort of like Rita Hayworth or somebody <laughs> standing next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could kind of wag all the tails of his coat. You know, I like models, yeah. but... Yeah. Not this it's kind uh... of... <laughs> Never been older than a model. At least not this kind of a model. Yeah. God. That's a... <laughs> and then... Yeah, exactly. And then Harpo would just go... Next to him. <laughs> quite Or pence, so... as we call him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you also think that number three is real? And... Number okay. three,
3: beginning to lose faith, is,
2: is yeah fake news.
3: Oh, nice work! I was right; it
0: was a team size <laughs> no self-swab.
2: God that you! Did you. Yourself. He God did. He it. did announce that they're working on a self-swab, and he did seem yeah. to say self-swab a hell of a lot. But, but right. it was it was a lot more kind of stretched out, and there was less. Yeah, yeah less less tautologies.
3: Nice, nice yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. And that, that whole thing is just, yeah, the current version of the Doctor has to do it. It's not a nice thing to have done. I know because I had it done. And <laughs> you, there, there you go. That's the convincing bit because we know that he hasn't had it done. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got it. He's got it. You've got it in there. You do it yourself with a self-swab. I think that would be better personally. So it's just it's just self-referential. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, so, very good indeed.
2: Uh, which means that number two... No, that is, means that one's real.
1: Oh, my God. And I've asked two of the leading companies. These are brilliant companies. Uh, Ebola, um, AIDS, um. others they've <laughs> come with the solutions and uh, just have done incredible jobs. And I've asked them to contact London immediately. They have offices in London, the major companies, but more than major, more than size, they're genius and uh, I had a talk with four of them today and they speak a language that most people don't even understand but I understand something that they've really advanced therapeutics and therapeutically and uh, they have arrived in London already
3: elements yep. of medical
2: <laughs> a, yeah. so oh so he's not sent God. doctors he's sent no. companies yeah. two, two of the leading companies no names um, who speak a language most
3: people don't yeah, understand. He's, taught, how, he's had a how talk good with four is that of
2: them, be? Yeah. but only sent two. Um, and they, they've they been sent to London. They've had to contact London. They yeah. have offices Recently. in London, and yeah. they've arrived in London already, already, probably because they've already got offices in London. They've got
3: London. offices there, yeah. yeah. They they arrived, arrived, they've arrived the, two weeks ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because one of them is Beecham's, yeah.
2: So and they yeah. and they've really advanced therapeutics and therapeutically, and therapeutically
3: <laughs> themselves. They've advanced. It. Well, maybe that's because they just do mindfulness at work. So it's a very therapeutic uh, work environment. When you go there, you feel really good about working in a comfortable office with people going, "Hey, good job." and that kind of stuff so you feel buoyed up therapeutically it's a good place to work and whilst they're there they've it, he's just discovered some new words hasn't he? <laughs> that's right those are the elements of medical that he was missing from the last thing
2: <laughs> i think the thing is God. um the what he has a tendency to do is when he reads something wrong he will pretend that he meant to say that and then say, and, and the thing he meant to say.
3: Yeah, yeah. So he,
2: yeah. he talked about something like securing their furniture and their future at <laughs> one point, which was really bizarre. Um, but But the thing is, I can't... It doesn't make sense if he just said they've advanced therapeutically. That doesn't make sense no. either. No. So... I'm not sure what he was going for that he misread, and then I don't know. Yeah. It's really.
3: And it's just, what? Who Uh, are these people? And did they actually ring up Boris, given the fact that they speak a language most people don't even (laughs) understand? Well, that wouldn't have been very helpful, Chinese. frankly. No, if not the, helpful uh, at all. If, the, you know, they if they rang him up, if they, they rang up St Thomas's
2: Hospital and said, Look, yeah. we know you've got Boris in there," but yeah. said it in a language that they didn't understand, it would. I didn't understand. They'd helpful.
3: just go, There's, "I've just yeah. got a phone call, but I don't. I think it's a fax machine. I don't know what <laughs> it is. It's you know, can you make sense of this? No, it sounds like the loading sound from a 1980s computer game. What? Is, what is that?" And they say, "Oh, we need to slow it down. It's it's obviously some alien broadcast." <laughs> that's, Jesus so, Christ!
2: Uh, which means that, unfortunately, you did not you've you've broken oh, your, well, I don't your mind, win streak. A very good. And
3: because uh, we just got <laughs> to listen to two of two stupid things, and then one stupid thing, which he didn't say. I mean, I'm see that's how I'm doing. I'm looking at it the other way around. There are three stupid, three things, stupid things. One yeah. of which that's he what I'm going for. Say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to to relieve you of the fact that he's not actually said that out loud so to the public. Yeah. yeah, So so far, I know. Well, that's the other thing because what or you're doing on the side, <laughs> or has he? You're doing on the side is is writing his speeches and just. <laughs> sending them up, you preview them on here see if they work and if i get it and go oh i think you go oh yeah that's a good one i'll send that to him (laughs) (laughs) so people are convinced as him yeah many people have said
2: (laughs) it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called hydroxychloroquine is not a logical fallacy um, and I've been practicing saying hydroxychloroquine, <laughs> probably just as, probably more than Trump. I don't know because he doesn't seem to have stumbled on <laughs> it. He doesn't practice it, and it is it at all. By far the longest word he's ever said, ever said. So, Got
3: yeah. so many syllables.
2: Yeah. yeah, I reckon he's like at night, just looking in the mirror going, hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, <laughs> hydroxychloroquine. So yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing about hydroxychloroquine is that Trump and, and members of the administration seem really intent on pushing it as a, uh, a kind of therapy. And there's a lot of back and forth on social media, particularly claiming that Democrats and liberals want it not to work and, mm-hmm. and will be really happy if it turns out to be rubbish and and every bit of evidence every anecdote that says look people are having success with it people are saying see trump knew and there's loads of fallacies in there and the situation is everybody wants there to be a successful um, medicine for Mm. this everybody wants there to be a, a solution that will make people better and stop so many people dying yeah nobody that's that's kind of a gift really. yeah. yeah nobody yeah. is saying that this isn't it that the hydroxychloroquine yeah. isn't isn't a potential answer what people are saying is it is way too early to be saying you should use this yes. it is as, as yet if
3: it, as if it's been yes. tested and approved exactly. and yeah
2: so what we're saying is it is irresponsible of Trump with the platform he has as the leader of the free world, to be saying, "Just try it, you know. What do you get to lose?" Um, because
3: and or, and also <laughs> saying that other people are stop are trying to stop you, yeah. Which is which is kind of worse because it's his. That's the the rhetorical question. Like, why are these people not letting you use it? You yeah, know, and and he's shifting all the blame and all that stuff. He's kind of stirring up that panic. And at the same time, haha, providing the pill, um, as chloroquine. I mean, one ought to in all of these things. Look where the money is. I mean, has he got?
2: What, well, what he, is, does. He, he does. He oh, does have okay. a personal financial stake in Sanofi, uh-huh. who make Plaquenil, which is the brand name for hydroxychloroquine. Right. There, it is a, for a, especially if he is genuinely a billionaire, it's a, it's a trivially small amount of money. So, mm. you know, we could do the the just asking questions thing and say, wait, is that why he's pushing it? Um we we don't know. Who can tell? Uh tell? I probably not. It's right. the, realistically the chances are that he's pushing it because a miracle cure mm. sounds good. And if he's yeah. saying, yeah. "Look, look, we can fix it. We've got it. We've sorted it out." Yeah. Then then that will make people think that people he's doing that died a better job. Yeah. will
3: be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So and 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 because he's a snake oil salesman, that's what yeah. he does, and yeah. this is this is a miracle cure. So yeah, you know it's just his natural environment, but that there are reasons why at the moment it is still sensible to be cautious about this, mm. and among those reasons are the fact that it co- it causes shortages because if you as, as soon as mm. he went um on on tv and said you should use this it's been there've been some you know useful tests on it people started trying to use it and this drug is used for stuff it's used for malaria which that all of the people who got sent home from being in the peace corps because they needed to be at home instead of out potentially catching coronavirus needed to be taking it so that they're because they, they, you need to take it after you've been in a place mm. where there might be mm. malaria to make sure yep. you don't get it. And, and isn't, it, isn't it also treat a treatment for lupus? It's for lupus, it's for arthritis. Yep. Um, yep. There's various things that, that people rely on it for. And, and it, there was enough for those people, and then suddenly there wasn't enough for those people. Yes. So that's bad. That is becoming less of an issue as companies are making more of it in response to the demand for it. So... That's not now so much of an issue, but just because it has been shown to be helpful for those kinds of those kinds of conditions, what that means is that the side effects that you might get from it are not as bad as the thing that you have if you don't take it. So, mm. it's there. There is a, a balance of whether having lupus or the the, the symptoms of lupus are as bad as the, the side effects that you might get if you right. take hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Yeah. And those that, that balance is taken into account when it's prescribed. Yeah. the For most people, they're not going to get coronavirus, or if they do, they're not going to get bad symptoms. It's not going to cause big problems for them. So people who are trying to take it prophylactically probably are getting side effects or at least risking side effects, which include yeah. things like sudden cardiac death which isn't good um with (laughs) without getting necessarily any benefit from it so it's not worth those risks necessarily for everybody yeah um interestingly that that side effect of sudden cardiac death is Mm. quite rare but it's increased when you take it with azithromycin which has been suggested is a combination that you should be taking for coronavirus So that's, again, not necessarily a good thing to be doing. But there's lots of other side effects, loss of peripheral vision, crippling headaches, all kinds of things that that might cause people to actually not want to do this. There's also um, the the fact that the people who are most in danger from coronavirus are people with underlying conditions. Mm -hmm. And those people with those conditions might be taking other drugs and yeah. you can't necessarily yeah. mix all drugs together there are contraindications yeah. if you try and if you take taking one drug and then you try and add hydroxychloroquine it might not work with that it might cause problems that you wouldn't otherwise have it's it's yeah. a lot more complicated than just saying if you have, or think you might have, or worry that you might get, or are having problems with, with coronavirus, just take this. It's worth a and go. Kind of,
3: and, and just yeah, and just the basis of, you know, and what is that based on? And also, how many you're supposed to take? How often? When? In combination with what? You know that when sure. when you when you take antibiotics. Last time I took antibiotics, you know, several years ago, the the. The it, when it says read the thing and you read the thing and the 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 it says yeah you know, do this this say take it eat it with food blah 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 and then the rest of the paper which folds out to you know full scap is contraindications yeah and it's you know, don't take it if you're taking this 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 or if you're susceptible to this that and the other or if you're you know uh, sensitive to these things just don't take it you, and here are the contraindications that you might experience and if you do experience these stop taking it and to, to and you have faith therefore that this has been tested against all sorts of other drugs uh, under lots of circumstances so much so that they can write down what all the contraindications are and you therefore trust in its efficacy when, when it's going to work. If you, whereas you've got a snake or salesman, there isn't a doctor, though many people have said, "How do you know of this stuff?" <laughs> no, no, many people haven't. You just made that up. That if for him to say, "Oh, yeah, just take it. This is the thing," and they're stopping you taking it. Well, they're not stopping you taking it. It's just that they are advising you don't because we haven't tested it this is a brand new disease we're testing all sorts of things against it we're throwing the kitchen sink at it and we don't yet know which ones are the effective things so and that
2: you know, and that throwing the kitchen sink at it is a, almost a direct quote from one of the um, ah, the doctors right. that was interviewed in a, in an article about this um, yeah. it, in a way where he was saying what we're doing we are we're throwing the kitchen sink at this mm. disease and so we don't know what is helping. If people mm, get better, mm. you know, they, the because an- yep. this is based on anecdotes. This is based on people trying it and some yep. people getting better. And the thing is, with this disease, some people get better. Mm. So and, and that may be because they were going to get better anyway. And that's why yeah. you do trials. That's yes, why yes. you do some placebo, double blind, yep. large scale yep. clinical trials is because then yep. you can tell how many people would have got better on their own and how many people would have got better if they had the drug and, yep. and using anecdotes for that and saying well i gave these people this drug and they got better does not tell you what you need to know especially if it's not all you're doing for them if you're also putting them on ventilators if you're also giving them different drugs and and and, you know treating them in various ways and they get better you Mm. still don't know if it was anything you did or if they were going to get better anyway yeah and and at the moment the the studies that have been done, the the, the small-scale French study that has been cited by Trump and by various of his supporters, uh, in it was published in the International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents, um, and it was an open-label, non-randomised, small-scale trial, and they are now going back on publishing it. They are now saying concerns mm-hmm. have been raised, we're looking into it, we're not sure that this this uh, yeah. study actually met our expected standards yeah, to be published small. It in the was journal it was really small wasn't it? it was like 20 it was, odd it was a very sp- yeah i don't know the numbers yeah. actually i don't but but it's it was small and it it's not enough to base uh, a, a suggestion to oh, yeah. take this drug on hospitals in france are are, are stopping using hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine because they are um, seeing lots of side effects hospitals in yeah. sweden are stopping because of side effects um it's it may be a good drug it may be our best option one of the other studies that is cited it's not even a study it's a it's basically a survey an international survey of doctors saying you know what is the best thing to use it came out top in that survey but it came out top because 37 percent of doctors said it's the best we've got 32 percent of doctors said nothing we don't have anything yeah so it's a little better than nothing at all (laughs) yeah And, but it's still an appeal to nothing, numbers. Yeah, nothing yeah. doesn't have side effects. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and it is it is based on anecdote. And it, and in Trump's case, it's based on anecdotes that are being pushed to him by people like Dr. Oz, who is, uh, the, like, King's snake oil salesman. Um yeah. Giuliani, who what? claims that, that when you're a good litigator, you get to be an instant expert on various things. And, yeah argument you know juries out on whether he's a good litigator um and peter navarro the the ah, um, the yep. <laughs> economist who's the only yep. economist in the world who agrees with trump on trade deals um he claims that because he has a phd in economics, that he yeah. understands how to read statistical papers and, and like, medical journals.
3: But well, there's all sorts of fallacies in there. These, yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> These are the people who are, who are pushing this to Trump and saying, look, it works, you should tell people to use it. The, the people like Dr Anthony Fauci are saying it's unproven, we shouldn't be telling people to do it yet. We yeah. need to do studies, we need to check into it. Maybe it's going to be great, but we're not there yet and and that mm-hmm. for for people saying democrats want this to be wrong because trump says it's right is what the situation yeah. is maybe it's right maybe it's going to turn out to be the best thing but we're not there yet
3: and and it's it's pharmaceuticals and not politics it's you know it's it's medicine it's not something that can be affected pure, pure, or the efficacy of it isn't down to the Democrats want Trump to be wrong, that's like saying you know this is all about the impeachment. this is you know the you the, the or that the whole coronavirus thing is a conspiracy by the Democrats because they failed to impeach trump yeah you know it's it's on that kind of ridiculous basis it's not about politics it it's completely indiscriminate it's a virus. It yeah. doesn't know who's we in want charge. To, we want
2: to leave the house just as much as everyone else does. Yeah, we want to. We want this to be over. We want less people to die, um, and and we want no, you know, normal life to resume as quickly as possible. If if it yeah. turns out that this is a good um, a good solution, it doesn't matter. We're not going to say, "Well, we shouldn't use it because Trump said it was good." Yeah, um, but but let's actually test it first let's see if it works and see if it's safe and see if um it's it's something that we should put more research in and more money into
3: yeah and not politicize and not accuse the opposition of politicizing it which is actually disguising the fact that you trump are politicizing it to your own ends and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about
2: Trump's son-in-law and sad Victorian ghost Jared Kushner weighed in on one of the daily Trump rallies, sorry, press briefings last week, to explain the purpose of the Strategic National Stockpile, saying, the notion of the federal stockpile was it's supposed to be our stockpile, it's not supposed to be the state stockpiles that they then use. Well, I don't know what Jared sounds like, but that's what he looks like he sounds like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, (laughs) perfect. While most of us tried to figure out who gets to use the masks and ventilators, if not the people in the states, whoever runs the Department of Health and Human Services website was busy updating it to remove the bits that directly contradicted what Kush just said. Whoa! Among the text removed was the suggestion that when state, local, tribal and territorial responders request federal assistance to support their response efforts, the stockpile ensures that the right medicines and supplies get to those who need them most during an emergency. Yeah, that kind of crazy socialist bullshit doesn't belong on a federal government website.
3: (laughs) Nah. We all know how upsetting the numbers associated with coronavirus can be difficult to come to terms with, let alone write about... But not for TV whore Trump. He loves them. The ratings, that is. He tweeted twice on Tuesday, the 29th of March, that his ratings were as high as the season finale of The Bachelor and Monday Night Football. And again on the Wednesday and Thursday and Friday
2: saying stuff like... Because the TV ratings for the White House news conferences are the highest, the opposition party stream media, the radical left, do nothing Democrats, and of course, the few remaining rhinos are doing everything in their power to disparage and end them. the people's voice
3: as if the important thing was the presses. And not the scientific facts and government-led response to ameliorate deaths and impoverishment and economy crashing. The sensible grown-up people's voice, the Washington Post, was saying he really ought not to be participating in the briefings at all. He's so goddamn misleading. Like Penn distracting you away from what Teller is doing by being a clown as your watch gets removed. Still... As long as Trump's happy, now that his stage envy of the spiky little virus dude has subsided, that's all that matters.
2: During one of Trump's daily rallies, sorry, sorry, press briefings last week, the administration announced a projected death toll of 100 to 240,000 people in the US, which they compared to the worst-case scenarios from Imperial College in the UK, which said if the US did nothing at all, it could see 1.1 to 2 million deaths, which surely suggests Trump's re-election slogan will be Trump 2020, better than nothing, which is still clearly false. (laughs) Anyway... The White House was unwilling to say how they came about these numbers. One epidemiologist whose studies were cited says his work doesn't go far enough to make those kinds of predictions. And even Corona guru Anthony Fauci said there are too many variables to model. The closest scientific figures seem to be from an institute from health metrics and evaluation from the University of Washington. But their figures were based on all states imposing strict stay at home orders, which some are still not doing. Yesterday, Fauci said we might be looking at 60,000 deaths instead based on a new projection from the IHME. But when you actually look at the IHME website, the graph shows a margin of error, which runs from 26,000 to 155,000 deaths, which when you're talking about people dying is a pretty fucking big margin of error, if you ask me. Yes. You wouldn't want to make that mistake, would you? (laughs) Just
3: when we thought we could look forward to not having to look at the rectum-wrinkled presidential face hole for much longer because of the White House-sanctioned edict to wear masks against the possibility of catching or spreading coronavirus, Trump blithely says, Nah, not for me. It's voluntary. I ain't doing it. If I don't want to meet kings and presidents and dictators wearing a mask, A, even Melania... We can still see your eyes over the mask, Melania. Blink twice for rescue me. Tweeted the advice coming from the CDC as measures to cut down transmission in crowded areas where social distancing is difficult, particularly as you may be infectious without displaying symptoms. And B, no one's coming to see you, Donnie, and no one wants your pestilential spittle-mouthed-loose-toothed-satsuma-rhynde-fizzog in their countries either. Oh, and again, it's not about you, it's about leading by example. Oh, what's the use? It's never going
2: to happen, is it? Among the various Republican senators finding ways to profit off the corona apocalypse, one stands out as particularly shitty. Freshman Georgia Senator Kelly Luffler is on the Senate Health Committee, and on January 24th, they got a private briefing about the seriousness of the coronavirus. The same day, she and her husband started dumping stocks in various companies and continued doing so throughout February, all while Trump and Loffler herself were telling everyone it was all under control. Loffler sold more than $18 million of stocks, including retail stores such as TJ Maxx, before lockdowns were in place. She also sold stock in an international travel brand the day before Trump announced his European travel ban. Mm. In fact, the only stocks Loffler and her husband bought during this period were in DuPont, which makes PPE for healthcare workers, and Citrix, a technology company which makes teleconferencing software. Loffler denies insider trading and says that in order to move past the distraction, she and her husband will liquidate all their remaining stocks. So uh, mm. she's going to keep all the money, and that makes mm. it okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Trump got a bit mad at Chuck Schumer. Senate minority leader and a Democrat, you'll remember, basically for being a Democrat and for suggesting that Peter Navarro might be replaced as coordinator of the Defence Production Act because, well, he's no good at it. And, of course, when Trump gets angry, he's a bit like a Peanuts character. He sits on the floor at a small desk, feet sticking up from his outstretched legs in front of him, puts his tongue out the corner of his mouth, grasps the biggest blackest crayon he can find and fires off a letter... Telling Schumer how many people have said Pence is doing a spectacular job. No, they haven't. And reminding Schumer how much stuff he has given New York. Many things including hospitals, medical centres, medical supplies, record number of ventilators and more. And of course, Schumer should just shut up and be grateful and not question the manner in which it's been given. I.e. late, hesitantly, with caveats and blame sprayed around because it's not being done right and making it all Schumer's fault. It's a letter one would write to someone who had embarrassed you in seventh grade, saying how it was all their fault and you're better than them, and then never sending it, but folding it up and tucking it in the back of your locker and looking at it whenever they walk by and sniggering as if doing that would make them die. However, Trump's 7th grader scribbles will go into the grown-up world of the presidential archive – possibly unfolded, for future generations to gaze at in awe and ask, what did you do during the virus, Grandpa? Oh, I folded Trump in again in November of that year, son.
2: <laughs> Brett Crozier, captain of the aircraft carrier of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, sent an email a couple of weeks ago. Dozens of sailors on board tested positive for coronavirus and Crozier was worried that it would spread rapidly among the 5,000-strong crew, which he thought might be bad. Since the Navy didn't seem to want to do anything about it and since his immediate superior wouldn't have allowed a letter to be sent up the chain of command, Crozier emailed about 30 other Navy aviators and the email leaked to the press. As of yesterday, 416 crew members had contracted the virus and, of course, Crozier was hailed by all as a hero. Oh, no, wait. The Navy relieved him of his duty, and the acting Navy Secretary, Thomas Modley, addressed the Roosevelt's crew, calling Crozier either too naive or too stupid to command a ship. Some crew members recorded that and put it on social media. Modley mm-hmm. has since resigned, and Trump has, of course, backed Modley. Because that's the world we're living in. <sighs>
3: yep. Over here, our vainglorious leader, Boris, got the actual pox and was self-isolating next door to number 10 whilst deteriorating, but still running the country via the internet. Sound familiar, America? But he didn't get any better. And for a while, the country was conflicted about whether it would be good for the NHS if he died or if he recovered. If you just think about the office of Prime Minister, then it's a terrifying prospect that the leader of a free world country should die. But you put Boris back in the frame and, well... His government seemed to be surprised that they are able to continue without him, saying he'll pull through, he's a fighter, and then turning quickly to a scientist to explain things. Meanwhile, the newly trusted BBC broadcasted the presenter of the late-night news programme that Boris refused to appear on, and she said how you can't get well by grit and strength of character alone... The implication of such language being that, of course, if you do get ill and don't get better and die, you are weak and deserve it. And that COVID isn't a great leveller. If you live in a crowded and poor area, you're more likely to get it and die than if you're all wealthy and get access to preferential treatment and testing and so on. COVID doesn't discriminate. Governments do.
2: That's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
3: If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at
2: patreon.com slash ftrump. You can connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallaciousTrump.
3: All music is by the Outbursts and was used with permission. So, until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave
2: the last word to the Donald.
1: That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.
2: Freshman Georgia Senator Kelly Luffler is on the Senate Health Committee and on Janet. Twi- on Janet, what the hell was that? Janet Twenty
0: Fourth. <laughs> <laughs>